You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. There's power in every purchase because every time we buy a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. And y'all know I love my lip bar products. That's just one to name a few. There is a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. Show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. That's right, y'all. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. So I'm happy to say that after celebrating 10 years married, and approaching or starting another 10 years, mm -hmm. I'm feeling way more optimistic than I did going into marriage in general. Deadass? Yeah. Well, I'm proud of, of us for the first 10 years. Mm -hmm. And I'm not only optimistic, but I'm excited about the next 10. Oh, this was really positive. Yes. I like that. Hey, I'm Kadeen. And I'm DeVal. And we're the Ellises. You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys. And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy. Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow. <laughs> oh, and one more important thing to mention. We're married. Yes, sir, we mm -hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. So when we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> we about to take Pillow Talk to a whole new level. Deadass starts right now. All right, story time. Typically, I'm I do story time. I'm taking over story time. I'm going to introduce you. All right, introduce me. Story yeah, time. Go ahead, go ahead. Rewind, rewind, <laughs> rewind. There you go. Typically, y'all know I do story time because I like to tell stories. But today, 
I'm going to be a gentleman and let my wife take over story time. I appreciate that so much. So take us back, baby. I'm going to take back. you back in the time. Back in the time. Back in the time. Okay. So as many of you know, we in prior seasons talked about approaching 10 years, planning a huge, well, not even huge, an intimate, <laughs> but very grand. Intimately huge. Intimately huge and grand. Um, vow renewal. Yes. Right. And for me and for you and for us and our family, that was going to be a time for us to really celebrate how far we've come for the past 10 years, mm -hmm. really have the people there who matter the most to us, focusing mm -hmm. on just really celebrating the past 10 years and then having a way to kind of launch us into the next 10 years, kind yes. of feeling refreshed and renewed and recommitted. And none of that happened. Thanks to the coronavirus, the pandemic, of course, everything was shut down. Traveling was shut down. Um, Jamaica, hopefully, ain't going nowhere. But um, Jamaica was shut down. So it was funny because we're approaching our 10-year anniversary. And now it's like, all right, well, what do we do to celebrate? We can't really do anything. My mom was with the boys in New York mm -hmm. at the time, locked down there. And my sister's birthday was coming up and we were also celebrating her graduating from nursing school. Mm -hmm. So it was a two in one celebration that was happening in New York. Now things were kind of touch and go still with the coronavirus still kind of being up and down New York being one of the epicenters. And I had told my sister pretty much at the end of June, you know, girl, I love you, but I can't even make it for your birthday or your graduation party, um, which they were having a small gathering, um, you know, at the house. Because I was getting ready to film. And Deval was getting ready to film. Season two of Sisters. Season two of Sisters. So I said, just to make sure you were safe, we were literally treating Deval like a newborn baby. <laughs> Did not want anybody to be around him or run the risk of him um, potentially testing positive. test positive, right. Exactly. So I said, girl, we're not going to be able to, I'm not going to be able to make it. So in comes Deval two days before my sister's birthday. And he's just like, oh, you're not going to New York for Sakari's, you know, little get together? And I was like, no, I can't go. Why would I go? I don't want to risk you getting sick. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I think you'd be all right if you wear your mask and stuff and you follow the protocol that they've put in place. You That's know? how I sounded when I and said And I it. was like, yeah, exactly. You know, very like, you know, okay, I think you'll be good. So I said, you know, you think, you think I'll be good, Deval? He's like, yeah, go, have a good time. Mm -hmm. I said all of those things. All those things, right? So I go to New York because I'm like, all right, if the valve feels comfortable and I'll go wear my mask and all that good stuff, we'll be good to go. So I go to New York literally just take maybe a pair of underwear and an outfit that I'm going to wear mm -hmm. packed very light. Mm -hmm. When I got to New York, I called up my girl Tiana because you know, when I'm in New York, I'm gonna get all the things done, you know? So I hit my girl Tiana up for nails. I'm like, have you been around people? Have you been taking clients? She said, no, I haven't been. I said, well, if I wear a double mask and you wear a mask, will you feel comfortable doing my nails? And she's just like, I'm comfortable if you're comfortable. I said, okay, we should be good. So got my nails done. Same thing for my hair. Go to my sister's event, have my mask on the entire time just to show my support. She was so, so mm -hmm. surprised. It was an amazing time. Had a great little get together there. Um, and then I come, I'm on my way back or I'm preparing to come back to California. And Deval hits me with the, you know, baby, I was thinking you should just stay in New York. I don't think you should come back before I leave to film. You see my face? Now, I'm going to let you finish telling Pits. your story because it's story time, but you leaving out some very pertinent Deval, information. Deval. So go ahead and finish telling your story. I don't your story time, so don't interfere in my story time, okay? Shh, I'm, don't zip, interfere. I'm zippity zip zip. Don't interfere. Mm -mm. So, um, 
I moved in New York as carefully as possible because I said I did not want to be around people. I didn't even stay at my parents' house because there's so many people there that I stayed at our manager's empty apartment so I could be by myself, right? So, hold on. Did who I picked you up from the, the airport? Who picked me up from the airport? Yeah. I don't remember who picked me up from the airport. Denora. No, she didn't pick me up from the airport. Denora doesn't drive. No. So <laughs> let me tell my story. My bad. Now. Okay, my bad. My bad. Go ahead. Denora doesn't drive. Uh-huh. Um. So Deval hits me with, "I don't think you should come back to California. I think you should just stay in New York, and I want to go film." And I was like, "There's no way we can do that because our anniversary is on Saturday." So it was a huge eruption, a big argument, because my ass was going to stay in California with DeVal, and I wasn't even going to go to New York to begin with. And then DeVal was just like, no, I think you should go. You'll be fine if you wear your mask, if you wear your mask, if you wear your mask. My mask literally never left my face, okay? So we agreed that I come back to California, but we'll quarantine in the house together, meaning I'll stay on one end of the house, he stays on the other end of the house until I test and get a negative result. The negative result would have put me on our anniversary day, July 4th. Mm -hmm. So literally we spent that entire week, I want to say, it was a week at that point, in separate ends of the house, Mm -hmm. pissed at each other because we couldn't be around each other. And I finally got the test result back. I want to say it was like 3 p.m. I was stalking them, hoping to get the test result back. And finally, it was like 3 p.m. on the day of our anniversary. I got the negative result. We hugged. We kissed. I cried because DeVal Mm -hmm. got one of my favorites, probably my my favorite R&B singer, Jamie Mm Foxx, to... What I didn't know was that the plan was for him to try to get to Jamaica for the vow renewal. Yes. DeVal was making arrangements for that. Yes. But because that couldn't happen, Jamie sang for me in a video mm-hmm. that I'm sure many people have seen on, on social media. Yes. And I just want to say I that this story long as hell. Tears. And um, you always make fun of my stories when they long, but this long, this story, this story, hold on, triple, am I interjecting in this story or is this story long as hell? You keep interjecting, but there's context to the story. I had to tell it, tell them why we had such a bumpy road getting to 10 years. Wow. Okay. Go ahead. Finish, finish this story about 10 years. It's the last story I tell. (laughs) The last story I tell. Um, and it ended up being a wonderful night once we were able to actually hug and kiss and be around each other again. And um, yeah, so DeVal really pulled out all the stops to make it special. And then I, in turn, um, put a really nice dinner together in our backyard. And it was the two of us. Um, DeVal got tons of roses, yellow and red for friendship and love. Just really well thought out, simple things that I think definitely took the place of what was going to be our Jamaica turn of our renewal. But it was just as special. Well, it's funny because I was looking up love songs for karaoke and what came as a love song was up from Cardi B, right? And I'm like, serious? how is this a love song? But then I was thinking about the words and it's like, when it's up, then it's up, then it's up, then it's stuck. <laughs> and that's what happens when you get married. You get stuck. <laughs> Damn, we up and then we, we stuck. stuck. So I just think it's funny to mention that uh, up by Cardi B is considered <laughs> well, a love song. Well, that's the only part of, that's the only part of the song I know. So good. So neither one of us have to sing it. Great. But that was going to be my selection Fabulous. for, and I won't for dance karaoke. Either. Because there's a whole dance going on now, too. There is? But yeah, there's a whole dance craze. Oh, there's right. a whole dance battle with, like, UPS and, and Amazon and oh, all the delivery workers. Yeah. Well, you know all of them because they come here Get up often. with the time. That's a fact. You told a very beautiful 
long story. All right, now is not the time, Deval, just to put but, it out there for you to now refute my story. I'm not refuting it, but you you said you gave context, right? But you left out a huge part of the context. All right, so what's the one thing that you had an issue with? Go ahead. Right, because pe- I know people are gonna ask, why would Deval say go to New York, and then when you say you should be fine, say you should just stay in New York. Okay. The reason why I said you should go to New York is because I literally thought you were going to go to New York, go to the party, and come home. At no point when you told me you were going to New York were you going to go meet with Tiana, which is a different space, then go to Janelle's, which is a different space, then go to the party. That's two different contact tracing points at this time. This is still July. We didn't know how this, this virus was spread. And I could not test positive because if I test positive, then I wouldn't be able to film. And as one of the main characters in the show, the show wouldn't have been able to go on if I couldn't film. I so, understand. So, so all I'm saying is I didn't just tell you to go and then you get there and then change my mind and say don't come back. You never communicated to me that you were going to go meet with your glam team to go to the party. And that's a key point of context that you left out for the I people who I are listening. I called Tiana and I asked her if she's been around anybody. She said no. but no. I'm saying the context. And she double mask. I double mask and I got my nails done. Yeah, but when you told the story, you had put my voice on and said, Devout said, you should go. Wear your mask. You should go. I said that because I thought you was going to get off the plane, go to the party, go but, home and come back. But in, in my, from my perspective, I felt like if I'm on a plane with a ton of people, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. Both ways. Mm-hmm. I'm in a, a get together that has more than one mm-hmm. person in that space. I didn't think that me being careful with two people who have been home and not around people, double mass both times would have been that much more of a contact point. So this is but my thing. That Why my add opinion. more contact points? If you already said you got on the plane, which is already right. a risk, okay. you go into the party, okay, that's already a risk. Why I add understand. two other risks when you don't know if and that's going to be a risk like, or not? Any of the risks that I put myself in could have been avoided if I just stayed my ass in California like I wanted That's to. very, very true. But you know yeah. also what my wife would have did? She'd have been in California pouting the whole time. Like, I can't believe I missed my sister. That's not even true. I can't now, believe I missed my I sister party. I can't I believe it. I took it upon myself to say that I wasn't going to go and I didn't mind to be honest if you say so but anyway if you that say was so. the story guys that's how we spent our 10 year anniversary I think it was if amazing so. um, it was amazing it was, we it had was a really good. great time together I think what it all boiled down to is that we just had time together and, and it was different because we had the pandemic that had hit in March and then we were home locked down with my mom and dad and the boys for at that point April, May, June, July almost four months mm-hmm. so it was nice to kind of finally have just time together well you know? what I think is, is best about the story you told is that that story which it took took about a week was like the microcosm of what I think marriage is now right um you and I had completely different ideas you and I were both trying to do something for the better the betterment of the other person right I wanted you to go enjoy your sister's party because I wanted you to to be able to enjoy that aspect of your life your family is important to you outside of our nuclear family mm-hmm. so I was like you know what let her take the risk boom you were willing to stay Yes. Because you were willing to miss that to take the risk because I had to work. Absolutely. So here we are both trying to do what's best for the other person. Right. Then we end up <laughs> debating and arguing, you know what I'm saying? But then the had irony. to communicate it through, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So I think that, you know, ultimately that's the microcosm of what marriage is because we ended up finding a way mm-hmm. to make it work out. We couldn't do our big viral renewal. It ended up being just you and I mm-hmm. in the home making a dinner um you know we i grilled some lobster you made some steaks you made the sides i got jamie fox to sing we had it in our backyard and it was special and it was dope so i think that that ultimately is the microcosm of 
what marriage has been for us for the past 10 years. Right. It's been some ups and downs. Life has thrown some curveballs. Um, we've argued, we've debated, but we figured it out. Right. And I think you what know? I appreciate the most about this is that we both were trying to consider the other person right. in everything, which right. is something that I think both of us have grown to do over the past 10 years. Yeah, think absolutely. About absolutely. In the very beginning of it, or the very beginning of our marriage, there was a lot of you saying, you know what, I want to be a great husband, so I'm going to mm -hmm. go out and I'm going to work and I'm going to do this and I'm going to provide because that's what husbands do. And I'm just like, all right, well, I'm going to be a great wife because I should just be at home and I should take care of the house mm -hmm. and I should just, you know, do the things that I've seen my mom and my grandmother do and like, great, help with the bills, yada, yada. And those were just surface level things right. that was us right. thinking about ourselves and how we could be great, but also at the same time, not necessarily considering the other. Right. So, um, so yeah, shout out to us for, for 10 years. And let me tell y'all, baby boys and girls, what's not a wash is the vow renewal because <laughs> we don't have to be 10 years. It could she be 11. still want to do it this vow renewal. 12, it could be 13. It could just be a whole ass vacation. Who has a 13 year vow renewal? Like who does that? Uh, do we ever do anything conventionally? Uh, no. So there we are. Jeez, Lord anyway, Jesus. according to, tra tra according to tradition, Mm-hmm. Um, ten year anniversaries of marriage represent or are, is represented by tin or aluminum. Yes. Um, so I don't know if people know, but traditionally each year means something or if you're going to give somebody something for their different mm -hmm. year anniversaries, there's normally a corresponding um, thing that goes with it. Mm -hmm. So tin and aluminum, aluminum, those elements represent durability and pliability to symbolize that the relationship can be bent but not broken mm -hmm. unless you're cheap ass foil paper, which we know nobody likes cheap ass foil paper. <laughs> foil paper is everything in the black community though. Listen, you okay. know, you can cover anything with foil paper. You can get your TV to work. <laughs> you can pack plates. Um, you Talk about durability. It's like very right? foil, aluminum foil is in. very durable. Okay. Within your marriage by this stage, you will have experienced the need to compromise on some things. That's a yes. fact. But your marriage is still going to be strong. Mm hmm. Right. And with that material, it represents the 20 year. Oh, with that material, um, 20 years is China. Why okay? it got to be China? Why it can't be Africa? Deval. <laughs> You're not serious, are you? I'm China serious. China as in like the plates, the porcelain, like that kind of. I don't care why why it's called China. I want to call mine Africa. All right. 20 years is going to be Africa. It's going to be Africa. What comes out of Africa that we can, we can uh, talk about? Diamonds. Ooh. See what I'm saying? Let's you see what I'm saying? Show on audio and video that Deval said diamonds in 20 years. Oh gosh, that's what you got out of that. You set yourself that's what you, up, I'm, baby boy. Africa's the motherland. Okay, that is true. Though the greatest people on earth come out of Africa. That's a fact. We are African Americans. So in, in 20, I'm focusing on everything, all things great, that's all things fact. African, and with pressure diamonds are formed i love that um it brings the meaning delicate beautiful and elegant relationship that you've built over 20 years together so what will it take to go from hard work to smooth sailing in the next 10 years of marriage that's what we are talking about today yes now that the first 10 years have been under our belt where do we see ourselves in the next 10 years how are we going to get there um we're almost one year into that next 10 year point yes um, what differences have you noticed between year one and year 11? Well, I mean, if you've been with us through this ride for four seasons now, we've purged a lot about our relationship mm -hmm. from being together 18, getting married at 27, and now at 37 and 36 respectively, thinking about what's next for us. We mm -hmm. purged a lot. We've talked about 
the ups and the downs, but a, a lot of the downs and the misconceptions we had about marriage. And I feel like um, in doing that, we've been able to grow collectively and grow individually. Mm-hmm. So I want to like just talk about what is our plan with all of this knowledge we have through marriage to like be better for the mm-hmm. next 10 years. Yeah, I mean, I have you know? to say that for the the past well, for now five seasons of the podcast, we mm. joke in our opening that we read each other publicly as a sign of therapy. You know, therapy. Yeah. Um, but it literally, I feel like, has been like that for us because yeah. we've been able to really dissect a lot of things publicly through the form of the podcast mm-hmm. and also privately. Um, and we see the value in reflecting yes. um, on different moments. Mm-hmm. We reflect, I feel like, on a daily, weekly basis, at least, with each other. Yeah. And we have those conversations that need to be had. Um but I feel like there was also a lot of individual growth that happened while yeah. married that was also very stressful at times because some processes that we both had to go through as individuals, the other didn't understand. Right. But I think in turn, it for the collective greater good of the marriage and of our family, mm. it definitely worked in our favor. Absolutely. Because so, um, I think that we both had to like unlearn some of the things that we were conditioned to believe to be truths mm-hmm. and then relearn ourselves and each other and also knowing that those those quote-unquote truths or those traditions they're malleable like they're not something that's just going to be cookie cutter to every relationship absolutely that's what we had to learn yeah we had to learn that that it was yeah you have to throw it away we tried to just Mm -hmm. tailor make our relationship to what we thought the ideal relationship was that's when we were able we ran into like roadblocks right so if if one thing i see think is the major difference i'm not going into this next 10 years with expectations of what I expect you to be Mm -hmm. or who I expect you to be Mm -hmm. and who I expect myself to be. I I plan to be more like, like water, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Flat, uh, crash and flow and kind of see, you know, wake up every day and and see where the day is going and kind of figure out, Mm -hmm. you know, what, what's going to be my method to get through this next uh, peak or valley, wherever we are. And I think that's going to be the big difference because when you, when you have expectations, that only leads to disappointments. Mm -hmm. So when you when you walk in saying, you know, I don't know what to expect, I'm just going to be excited about whatever comes, you can move forward with a more positive attitude. Yeah, you know? for sure. And I think we both kind of know each other to an extent where, like, I know the things that make you tick. I know the things that make that tick you off, you know? <laughs> yeah. So trying yeah. to avoid those at all costs yeah, yeah, are definitely yeah. something that I will att- aim to do. Um, but, but for me, I think the biggest difference between year one and year 11 is... Me going into it thinking like, oh, I'm, I'm just a wife now, you know, but also, too, I've said I didn't really know what came with being a wife year mm-hmm. one. Um, it was really just a matter of taking a look at maybe the females around me, the women around me, wives around me. Um, you see things in movies and on television. And right. for a 27 year old who's kind of just green to that, that's kind of my approach. And I'm just kind of like, all right, I guess I'll learn as I go. Um, whereas going into year 11, I feel like, OK. I have a really good grasp of who I am now. You think um, that's the biggest difference? I think that so. It's just that you know who you are now? Yeah. 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 I think, I, and I know I'm coming, I'm continuing in this relationship as I continue to grow and coming in as a more complete version of myself mm-hmm. than I did at 27. At 27, I was still trying to figure out a lot. And I think our biggest issue too was that we met at 18. So we had pretty much nine years of our life before marriage that we were still trying to figure each other out and trying to grow as individuals and grow together simultaneously. And that was, I think, detrimental to us in the very beginning. So, so let me ask a question. Where do you see yourself in the next 10 years and how, how will I help you get there? Hmm. You know what? I spoke about 
this, I think in a prior season about me not being sure what my purpose is or, you know, why Mm -hmm. I'm actually here. What am I supposed to be doing? What am I supposed to be getting out of life? And I think one thing that I've learned over the past, maybe like year or two, I know that one of the biggest reasons why I am here is to be able to nurture, um, you Mm -hmm. and our children and, and be that pillar for you guys, mm. particularly when I think about even just when the pandemic first hit and all of the racial injustices that were on the forefront, you know, back in last April and May. Mm. And I saw how broken you were from that, just being a black man living mm. in America. I really honed in on me being that pillar of strength and comfort mm. for you guys within this household. Mm. So that's something that I know I'm definitely here for and wanting to do in the next 10 years is to really be that for you as we raise these three boys who will be black men one day, um, making sure that I am providing a safe haven and a space for them to grow into who they are supposed to become. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one thing that I know I definitely want to do in the next 10 years. Um, For myself too, I have my individual goals as well. Um, With that being at the forefront, also just working on myself career-wise, continuing to host, continuing to act, continuing to be of service to others. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like we've been blessed abundantly in those spaces and the more that I can continue to help to pour into others. um, Well, how, how, but how will you, how can I help you get there? Is oh. The thing. oh, well, yeah. Well, that was the second part of the question yes. I was getting to. Um, but you can help me in doing that by, I think, continuing to be who you've been in my life. And you've been mm-hmm. a sounding board. You've been um, a motivation factor for me. You know, looking at you and your work ethic and the mm-hmm. way you do things, <laughs> it, I, I admire it. And I still sometimes sit back and watch you in awe of like the things you're able to accomplish and do mm-hmm. just in a 24-hour time period because you're just driven and that unyielding with everything you do. So... I think you've always offered that for me, but I also appreciate the fact that you've stepped back a bit and you've also given me a chance to kind of make my mistakes as well. And you've given me a chance to change my mind (laughs) and then support me through changing my mind, which I tend to do a lot. Um, And even in my indecisions, um, is that a word indecisions or in being indecisive, Mm -hmm. um, you've definitely had your moments where even through your own frustration, because you've just been wanting to help me get to where I got to get to. You've also allowed me to go through my own processes. And I feel like you've respected the fact that we don't do things the same way. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that because for a long time, I feel like there was like a judgment that came with that. Like you don't do things the same way I do it, or I would have done this differently. So therefore it's not the right way where I feel like you've been able to kind of step back a bit now and say, all right, well, I'm going to focus on myself now too, which I think you deserve to do because mm-hmm. you've spent so many years focusing on me and focusing on the family that I want to be of support to you now so that you can do the things that you want to do wholeheartedly. Oh, I mean, that's, that's a good segue into what I want to do because that's, that's what my focus is. Like, I feel like I've spent the first 10 years of our marriage really focused on trying to be the best husband I could be and focusing on trying to be the best father I can be. And in many aspects, I've put the things that I wanted to do like on the back burner mm-hmm. because I wanted to set up a foundation where my family was together, which was a choice I made. And I'm, I'm happy that I did it that way because mm-hmm. I honestly feel like um, I feel like I'm kind of in my prime of my life. Like mm-hmm. being an athlete first, you feel like your prime is when you're in your 20s. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But then as you go through life, you start to realize that your 20s is not really your prime because you don't even have the mental fortitude to understand what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm in my mid-30s, I feel like, okay, not only do I, I have the, the physical prowess, but mentally I'm in a better place. Mm-hmm. Financially, because I did set the foundation for us, I'm in a better place to where 
I can step away from being the husband father for the times that I have to focus on my career and not worry that it's going to be to a detriment mm-hmm. to my family. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, we and brought- you still fine as hell. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. You, <laughs> you look a little, you look all right too there. You know what I'm saying? I will say this though. You, you look better now at, at 37 than you did at 18. Like you've gained a legitimate 35 pounds. <laughs> a, little, a little fluffier. Yeah. You gained areas, a legitimate 35 you know, pounds hey, in all the right places. You, you become more talented in other areas oh, Lord. based on practice. You know, but, um, you know what they say about practice. I will, I will say this at this 10 year point, um, our sex life, and I know we're going to do a whole podcast about this but our sex life is at like a completely different level now yeah and i think it all based on knowledge and learning yeah. we figured about some it. Stuff so we figured out. some stuff out yeah. and we, we plan to talk about that on a completely different podcast right but um nah i feel like these next 10 years i want to focus on my career mm-hmm. because i have the foundation for my family set up yeah. and you can help me do that by continuing in the same form that you have been for the first 10 mm-hmm. you know you've always been a big support system mm-hmm. um we have reached the point where we realize that our processes are different. Yeah. So rather than saying, I feel like my wife is an anchor because she doesn't work the same way I work, mm-hmm. I've learned how to work with you in different processes. Right. You know what I'm saying? So we pretty much just set goals. Mm-hmm. I set mine, you set yours. And as long as we get to the goal, no matter how it gets done, it gets right. done. I feel like our, our heart was in the right place in the very beginning of marriage because though I said in the beginning it, there was a lot of like kind of selfishness happening where you were kind of like in, mm-hmm. in your own mind like this is what I have to do and this is how I have to provide and this is going to make me a great husband and I was like well this is what I have to do. In that selfishness there was also a bit of selflessness because we were then building yeah. for our family and our future family. So at the time we got married Honeymoon Baby Jackson was here. Right. So I think our heart right. was in the right place though at the time we might have seeing the other as being selfish there really wasn't any selfish moments that we had because we were ultimately thinking about the bigger picture we just didn't know how to be of service to each other i would agree i i, I don't feel like either one of us walked in being selfish we didn't have the tools yeah. to be good spouses that's really really what it was like yeah. i i came into marriage wanting to be selfless but not realizing how selfish i was being if that yeah. makes sense you yeah, know what i'm saying and yeah. i feel like you that's kind of kind of came saying. in the same way you know yeah. what i'm saying but it's all about the tools yeah. and i think that's why we wanted to have this conversation moving forward and it's funny because um trouble our producer <laughs> um brought this to us right it's uh, yeah. my husband's 20 lessons from 20 years of marriage a purpose-driven marriage blog uh, by Dwayne Stewart and his wife Nadine Stewart and they've made it to 20 years of marriage mm-hmm. so they gave uh, like the, the 20 things um, lessons right yeah. so I'm like we're only halfway there right so I was looking at these and I was saying some of these definitely like resonate with me uh-huh. and at this 10 year point I want to point out the ones that resonate okay. with me Right. As a husband. Right. I'm laughing um, at number three, just looking at it already. OK, so <laughs> I'm, I'm going to leave my the number one. I'm, I'm going to go from backwards to first to front because okay. I'm going to go from the one that's the least. You know what I'm saying? OK. Number 10 for me was it's OK to have disagreements. Mm-hmm. When I first got married. Right. I felt like a disagreement meant that there's a break or a fracture mm-hmm. in our train of thought. Mm-hmm. And I have to make sure that my wife agrees with me it's learning that it's okay to have disagreements Mm -hmm. made me realize like, Oh, it's okay that we have different processes in life. Yeah. It's okay that we don't, you know, agree on every little thing. That doesn't mean that our marriage ain't going to work. It just means that we think differently. Yes. And that doesn't mean that it's going to lead to us being a fracture, being a split. 
you know what I'm saying? So understanding that it's okay to have disagreements was like that was like important to me, but it, it kind of made me realize like, okay, let's be settled. She thinks like this, I think like this, and it's okay to say we can agree to disagree on this one right. and just but move on to the next it, one. Though, cause yeah. you, you hear the agree to disagree sometimes, but you'd really just like this, this motherfucker here. don't even know what he talking about, but whatever. I'm going to say it just to end the argument. But really there's a, yes. there's a point that you come to where you're just like, okay, you are entitled to feel that way. I don't agree with it, but we can actually move on. <laughs> we yes. can move on past that. And, and that, that led me to the next one, which is you don't have to win every argument mm. because arguments are not always about winning. Yeah. Arguments sometimes are about understanding. Right which led me to the next one, was take time to listen. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that as a husband, and I'm, I'm just going through my top ones. Mm-hmm. First, I'm going to let you go through yours. Mm-hmm. But these things realistically helped me communicate and learn how to get your perspective. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I wanted to understand where you were coming from. And the way I used to ask questions, you used to be like, well, you're drilling me. You're drilling me. Why? Like you, and I was just like, damn, I'm trying to understand you. But I didn't realize that every time you would try to explain it to me, if mm-hmm. it wasn't explained in a way that I wanted it explained, I just discredited it. Right. Well, and that I, makes me think know. of our the discussion that we had um, right after the new year. In New York. Yes. You know, yes. Um, yes. we had a discussion about, you know, kind of asking each other this. This is kind of how this podcast episode came to fruition was us having that conversation, mm-hmm. talking about like, what are we going to do for the next 10 years? Yes. Um, or where do we even see ourselves at this point in our marriage and then trying to kind of plan for that? Yes. And you were asking very specific questions and I kind of got frustrated through the conversation because I was like, I don't know what you want to hear, but this is what I'm saying. And then you got frustrated because I kept asking the same the question. The same thing over and over again. And I was like, is it, are right. you asking me over? and over again because you want me to say something specific because if that's the case it's not gonna happen this is how i feel mm. and it's funny because when we first met maybe in year one i was kind of the the person that you was just kind anything. of fold i you wouldn't say anything i just kind of kept yeah. a lot to myself so i will say that we have progressed yes because you can't get me to shut my mouth yeah sometimes. now you just talk too much <laughs> you can barely get a word in edgewise you know nah, so. but, but the last two um the last two here women are still complicated that's the one I laughed at initially. That's the one you laughed at? Yes. That's no, okay. I laughed at that Women initially. are still complicated. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. I say this to Kadeem all the time and she hates it. I'm like, yo, you live in, in your mind, you live in a completely different universe that, that is reality. Right. And she used to be like, stop saying that to me. You make me sound like I'm crazy. But um, I started to realize that you're not crazy. You're complicated. You know what my response is always to that? What? But you love it here. <laughs> so I a, live in an alternate universe. universe, but you are a frequent visitor. Okay? I do. I How do. about that? I do like it in your You've universe. pitched a tent nice. and you are here. So You you actually made me pitch the tent <laughs> in your universe. All right? You did that. You did I'll that. I'll take it. You did I that. I will take it. <laughs> um, and the last one, the most important one I've got, especially from our relationship Contribute is, around the house. No, that's, that wasn't it. That's, oh, no, that's another one. Okay, sorry. No, no. The most important one to me was no matter uh, no matter what anyone says, your wife wants you to lead. Yes. And that's a fact. I I take that to heart because I do feel like in this day and age, there's so much talk about, you know, it's it's not about who's at the head of the table. It's about going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And we're hearing so many people saying, like, it's okay to let your wife lead. It's okay to let your wife lead. You're not believing that. Yeah. Right. But oftentimes you've looked at me and said, babe, what do you want? Like, what do you what are we going to do? 
Absolutely. And then sometimes trying and to I'm defer. Okay with that. Right. And then trying to defer sometimes it created more confusion as opposed mm-hmm. to me just saying this is what we're doing and you'd be like, all right, cool. Damn yeah. Let's do it. And I think also too over the past ten years I've learned that there's certain things that if I care deeply or strongly about, I'm okay with vocalizing that. Right. And then we can right. then figure out a game plan after that. Right. And there's certain things that you're just like a hard no or a hard yes or a hard we're going to do this on. Mm-hmm. And then I'm kind of like, all right, babe, that's cool. It's different when there's something mm-hmm. that we both feel strongly about and it may be opposite directions that require more of a conversation or more we've been of like too. the weighing the options. Yeah. yeah. But like, you know, it's it's cliche to say, but it's like pick your battles. But it really becomes that it after becomes a while because... Battles. It's yeah. something as simple as like, babe, you know, we're picking out furniture in our in our home and it's like, babe, what do you think about this couch? You've said to me several times, okay, the family room is your area. Yeah, Pick I don't the couch care. you want. Do I really you don't do. care. Yeah. Whereas you're downstairs in your space and you're just like, well, I don't want this painting on the wall. And I'm just like, right. all right, well, it's your space, you know? So we've learned to kind of pick and choose our battles over the course of the years, which I think has definitely helped. Yeah. You know? Um, so let me hear, let me hear so some let's of see. your A wife's 20 lessons for points. 20 years of marriage, a purpose-driven marriage blog by Nadine Stewart now. Um, so there were a lot of cute little ones in here. I think they kind of overlapped. Yes. Um, but one thing that stood out to me is learn your husband's love language. So we hear the term love language thrown around a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know there's a specific list of it. Um, but for you, I know what you you need, not just like from a sexual standpoint, but Mm -hmm. now also too, just from like what makes you feel cared for. I know there've been many times over the years that you're just like, well, what do you do for me? What have you done that was specifically for me without you thinking, okay, this is the most convenient way for you to do it. So you're going to do it or, oh, I'm going to get this done because the vows nagged me about it. Like really now knowing, okay, this is what he likes. This is what he will like. And really waking up in the morning with the idea and the mindset how can I make DeVal's day easier today? How can mm-hmm. I make DeVal's day better okay. today? And sometimes it's something as simple as just making sure that you have a smoothie ready after your workout. You know what I mean? Without you I having like to those. say, ask for it. I like those. You know what I mean? Like little things like that. I'm like, all right, so I'll mm-hmm. just have the smoothie ready. And not doing it on my time, but doing it and say, hey, I have a lot going on today. Mm-hmm. Let me make this smoothie. Put it in the freezer. Shoot you a text, babe. I'm running out to run some errands, but your smoothie's in the freezer. Simple. And then I think you... Like something like that. I do, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. After, after a while, I realized, okay, that's something small, but it can be something big when I know how you feel cared for or how mm-hmm. you feel. It's, it's not enough for me to know internally that I love you. I have to find ways to show you that are more um, receptive. I agree. I don't have to agree you know? with that. Um, and that in turn says, be your husband's biggest cheerleader. And there was also one that said, compliment your husband in front of others. See, I was going to, I was going to point these out because I was going to do the opposite after this and say, I'm going to read what she learned after 20 and see if there's certain things I could pick out for you. Yeah. Because we just had a conversation about this. We did. Because I noticed with people, it's like, just like Yelp, right? Mm -hmm. If you have a bad experience Mm -hmm. in a restaurant, you'll run to Yelp and be like, oh, this place is trash, right? right? But if you have a great experience in a restaurant, you never compliment the restaurant in public for people to hear. And I noticed the same thing with marriages. Mm -hmm. There's a passive-aggressive nature with spouses, not just women or not just men, with spouses where they'll say something negative about their spouse in front of other people to get the message across Mm -hmm. passive-aggressively. But you very rarely hear spouses say 
passive, aggressive, positive things about their right. spouse in right. front of people. So when you're constantly hearing these negative, negative reinforcements, mm-hmm. that weighs on your spouse. Of course. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like, um, I feel like you know, we've both done that to each other yeah. a, a lot in the first, you know, 10 years of marriage. And, yeah. you know, re- it's watching her, you know, watching, reading that, so it was like, wow. Right. Because you've said young. before, like, you know, people will always like praise you and I together collectively for something that you've done. Mm. Right. But then when it comes to something that I do by myself mm. or people assume it's by myself, it's like, oh, go Kadeen. But they don't ever think about Deval too in that moment, you know, and I feel like it may in part be because, for example, on social media, you're just way more expressive than I am. You're way right. more creative. Like you are the mastermind behind the social media with us. So you post more. You will post me. You'll post the appreciation. Yeah, absolutely. Post. You'll be very vocal about how you feel about me on social media, whereas I don't tend to do the same thing because I may be the person that posts once a week sometimes. I have my waves and it's not for lack of me caring to express publicly how I feel about you. Some things I kind of feel like are already understood, you know, so see, but I think that's where the problem is. And that's the problem. Exactly. Because even if it's not social media, you'll be in the kitchen and I'll just come up behind you and I'll kiss you and I'll Mm -hmm. be like, I love you. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you'll be like, thanks. And I'll kiss you and I'll touch on you and then I'll walk away. Mm hmm. I don't get that from you because you probably feel like it's already understood. It's understood, exactly. But imagine living your life where your spouse will only assume that the positive things are understood so they don't have to say it. Right. But then the negative things, let me make sure he knows. No, exactly. How come the negative things don't be understood? You know what I'm saying? That's a fact. And that's why I realized your love language is that. It's it's having those positive affirmations Mm -hmm. or like the, the over... I don't want to say over, but the display of affection. Yeah. Those are things yeah. that I know that you like now Absolutely. too. And then also too, being able to praise you publicly because I think also too for a man and for his his ego, he also wants to know that he's doing well. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, so it's not enough for me to just feel it internally or for me to just assume that you know. Mm-hmm. Um, marriage is not 50-50. It's 100-100. A fact. I agree. Um, and that is actually very true. Yeah. Like, I mean, in the beginning, I feel like we kind of came in 50-50 because we were still trying to figure out ourselves individually. But mm-hmm. I feel like now, going into the next 10, we can definitely just say that we're, I'll say I'm about 80, 85% me, 90% me. And I can... I, I, I would have to say, I would challenge I feel like I'm that. not at my 100% myself I, yet. You, you don't think you know yourself 100%? Right. So I'm wondering, or maybe I'll give myself a 10% to evolve if that makes See, sense. See, that's what I would say. I would say you it's know? more about evolution. I came into marriage 100% trying to give everything to this marriage. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't have the tools to give the right, right. way. Maybe that's You know what yeah. I'm saying? So okay. I was always in 100. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think a little bit of where you and I differed was, uh, remember podcast episode, I think episode, I mean, season four, you had said you were focused mainly on the wedding and didn't mm-hmm. give much thought mm-hmm. about the marriage. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why you kind of feel like, well, now I'm actually focused on the marriage. Yeah. Because you were focused on a different aspect of our relationship. You were focused on the wedding at that point and the marriage kind of like, oh yeah. shit, we are married now. Right. For me, I was really focused on the marriage and trying to focus on how to be the best version, but I just mm-hmm. did not know how to be a good husband. Right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, I didn't have the tools. I was going 100% in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you at that point wasn't really focused much on it. Right. So we were both struggling in, in the beginning parts. Yeah. No, yeah. That, that was definitely a fact. You know, it's funny. I, I talk about not feeling as if I was prepared for marriage in the beginning in my 20s. Like, mm-hmm. you know, no one ever prepared me. But to be quite honest, even with preparation, even with advice, you just have to be in it. You yeah. have to be in it. Like, yeah. you know, and, and I can't blame 
you know, for example, my mom or my aunts or past family members or anybody for not preparing me per se, because what might have been the, the realms in which my parents, for example, had their marriage or they existed in their spaces in marriage might not have worked for us. So that's definitely something that over the so, years I So let me ask a question, right? I've learned. Honest question. In other cultures, you hear, you know, you hear people say things like, um, for example, when it comes to white women, right? White women are groomed to be wives. They say the same thing about Asian women, right? Mm-hmm. All right? They say the same thing about Asian, yeah, Asian women, Indian women, white women, how they're groomed to be wives and quote unquote, they're, they're more submissive because of that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard that before? No, I've heard that, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So do you think it's do you culturally. think yeah, do you think it's a cultural thing where black people in particular are not grooming the younger generation to be spouses? So for example, they say, you know, with, with black men, black men are not groomed to be husbands. Mm-hmm. So we're horrible in relationships. We don't know how to communicate. And I'll I'll agree to that. My father never talked to me about how to speak to my wife. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There was no man's group on how do I speak to my wife in this situation? So a lot of times I was speaking to you like I would speak to my athletes. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, like, I can't communicate with my wife like this. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Right. But I was only doing what I knew best. And you tried to communicate. I there's tried. Some, there's some relationships where, well, I would say for black men and women, that communication is just not a thing. Like, right. They don't know how to communicate. Right. You know, so, and I think if you take it back to even like, like even if I take it back to like you know our ancestors and and days even post-slavery or during slavery like there was survival survival was the main thing Mm -hmm. so if you're thinking about being in survival mode just trying to teach your 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 family or your children how to live and how to survive we had different stresses in life we had way different stresses so in terms of grooming someone for marriage that may not have been on the top of the totem pole when you're trying to tell people how to survive how to understandable to to live how to to work how to you know but but you can see how that's been a detriment to generations because even when you look at look at some of these things that you say like like for example she said she learns as a wife right Mm -hmm. if you say this to some women nowadays they'd be like i'm not doing that it's mad submissive you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying like like even for the fact that um letting your husband lead Mm -hmm. um complimenting him let him know you appreciate him yeah um well, what's another one I see here? Be your spouse's biggest cheerleader. Right. It's like, oh, what you want me to just be my husband's kiss ass? But it's like, these are things that's on a list of people who've been married yeah, 20 I years. I don't, I don't think it's a kiss ass, though. I think it's like, you need to build your man up. But, like, and, why not? Especially this, for black men who tend to go out into this world and they're beat down all the time. Absolutely. So because, I think it's necessary. Because even for, for men, it's like some of these things here, it says contribute around the house, take time to listen. It's like, oh, so you want me to be soft? Learn your wife's love language. You want me to be a simp? You know what I'm saying? It's like... When you look at these things that they're listing to be prepared for marriage, mm-hmm. when you say some of these things to single people, they're mm-hmm. like, I'm not doing that shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. And do you, I think that but that's. they're coming into it without the mindset of serving. Right. Like we talked about. Right. So yeah. if you're not thinking about serving and you're mm-hmm. not thinking about these list of things, right, this, this is probably part of the reason why so many other, so many of people in our culture feel like if I get a white woman or an Asian or an Indian woman, they're more submissive mm-hmm. because they're, they're taught about marriage. Like you hear it all the time that white women are taught how to be wives. Asian women are taught how to be wives. You know what I'm saying? Indian women are taught how to be wives. In our culture, being a wife is like secondary or maybe even third after being a career woman for a black woman, mm-hmm. mainly because in our culture, socioeconomically, women have never held a position in history in America where we were they were just Stay at home, watch. Right, or they were able to. Because you know what I'm why? saying? We Socioeconomically, we work to provide. Yeah, absolutely. To 
So, and it's the same thing for men. We've never been in the position in because of um, generate lack of generational wealth where mm-hmm. we were just the breadwinner. Mm-hmm. We've always had to rely on our wives throughout Black American history mm-hmm. in order to bring money in. So, when you hear things like you know, I'm the leader of the house, I'm the head of household, household, it's hard to say that when you're asking this woman to bring in money as well. Yeah. So it's like, how do we teach the next generation to be wives and husbands without them being defensive mm-hmm. about like, well. I'm not doing these things because that'll make me less of an individual. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but they have to be necessary. I think there has to be balance with that. Um, And certain things are just necessary for your spouse to in turn feel like they're valued in a relationship. It's like, what are you more concerned about? The fact that you can have a career and you can floss and have the nice things and that's just what you're about. If that's what you're about, then you may want to consider not being married. That may not be for you. But in terms of being in a relationship and trying to build up your spouse... Who else are you gonna be doing it for? I mean that that's that's who true. else are we doing it for? Like if it's you and two, you and another person existing in a space where you're wanting to build a life together, why not be that person's biggest Listen, cheerleader? I hear you. Why not be that? You know what I'm saying? I hear you. Do you think that this will ever be normalized though? Because even if you look at social media, if you look at social media, this is not the normal relationship that we see. That's why yeah. we have a Black Love page. A Black Love exists. That's right. why we have Black Love, the show, which you mm-hmm. and I were on. That's why you have Black Love Doc. Is because the normal relationship you've seen between men and women, it's either men womanizing women, mm-hmm. or now there's a whole culture of Black women gaining their sexual revolution and claiming it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, I'm going to treat you the same way you treated me for all of these generations, which mm-hmm. is toxic. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And right. that's become the normal so part of mainstream like media get you back right type or you're gonna have to pay for right and it, yeah but then you'll see like this is couple goals so you'll have a young man and a young woman who have young man or a young woman who's never been taught how to be a spouse but then aspire to be in a relationship right not knowing how to be in a relationship and right. end up in a or toxic how that relationship said couple got there you know we see the hashtag right. relationship goals or goals under our pages all the time but people see us now 10 yes. years married in 18 years together. Yes. I don't know if y'all would have been saying that about us 10 years ago. I know for a fact they wouldn't have been or, saying or that. Or 12 years ago. Y'all wouldn't right. have been saying that about us because there was a lot that went into right. us getting to this point. And we could have skipped um, that step yeah. if we would have been if privy we would have been to, privy to yes. or mentored. Or, and, and receptive to it. I feel like there's also That's too, the thing. That's the this thing. This generation is not receptive to some of that things. It's Mm-mm. just like a hard no or a hard, I'm not doing that. And it's just like, but why? Is it just because you're going off of what your friends are saying? Are you going off of what you've seen your parents Absolutely. do? You know what I mean? Like there's a hard no with so many things that I feel like if there was a little bit more thought or compassion that went into it, it could probably let's go in a different direction let's be honest right you and i when we work out we watch rap videos on uh vivo mm-hmm. right and we have certain artists i'm not going to out any artists or anything mm-hmm. like but we have certain artists that we watch because their music gets us going i look at some of these artists in the videos and i'm like if my sons only watched these images mm-hmm. of what the interaction is between men and women they're going to grow up with a skewed version of what life is supposed to be mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The yeah. way these men treat these women in these videos, the way these women, when they have position of powers, treat the men in these videos. It's kind of like, how do our children learn how to be in a relationship if these are all the images they see? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I know for a fact that for the next 10 years, with all this knowledge I have, it's going to be way better than the first because we're planning on 
these steps right here that we're reading, right. but also the things that we've learned. And I, and I will have to say a lot of it is just dropping ego. Yeah. You cannot be in a relationship and believe that your, your ego is more important than the relationship itself. Yeah. And that's I think that's one-sided. the main thing. Like yeah. it's not about me anymore. Right. It ultimately has to be about the other person. Right. And if it's always going to be about you, let it be about you, boo, but just don't bring nobody just else don't get into married. that. Don't get married. Just yeah. be about you and be wholeheartedly about you. And that's okay. That's okay, too. Um, you touching on the relationship, uh, sorry, the um, the family, or for example, like our sons, mm-hmm. um, Jackson, Carol, and Kaz, if they're, that's what they see, then that's what they will tend to emulate. That will, That's what they will aspire to. Mm-hmm. And I feel like one question that I had had was where you see us as a family in 10 years. I feel like I want our boys to see us in a healthy space mm-hmm. because yeah, they can watch social media. Like social media will be around. I'm sure they'll watch television right. and stuff like that, but we don't want for our children to gain much of anything. Mm. You know what I mean? About their life or their lifestyle from social, from media, social media or from the absolutely. media in I agree general. Yeah. Um, if anything, we're trying to shelter them from that. And we're going to also just like kind of make sure that we're mindful of what they're intaking. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, it's important for them to see, us in a space where their mom and dad love each other and they're mm. having healthy conversations and even if it's a thing where we have a disagreement publicly in front of them you know or they right. walk in on something like that i would love for them to also see at the end that you know mom and dad ultimately were able to get over that and they you know love each other um because she also mentioned here um nadine in her list um, it was assume responsibility for teaching your kids about faith, family, morals, and values. Oh, absolutely. Sharing your dreams and yeah. goals together. Um, making sure that you have at least one meal together as a family, prioritizing that. Um, so that's actually something that I should be. And it says that your marriage should be the priority relationship of the family, which I think sometimes it happens where it's parenting, parenting becomes become number one. That's, that's mad important. And that's super important. Um, what did she say that? She's, that's actually number 13 on so her list. if there's one and thing... you normally see the reverse of that where we're putting the kids first. So that's... If there's one thing I'll say that I'm going to make a flip mm-hmm. from this year, from 11 on, mm-hmm. is that. Yeah. I am no longer... and. This has to be, matter of fact, I hope this is triple. Make a note. This is going to have to be the sound bite for this episode. I am not going to go into my marriage saying that my kids are always going to be first. That's just not healthy because the kids don't get here without us. So if I'm constantly putting the kids first and not my wife, right, they're not going to be able to see a healthy relationship to grow up to be productive humans and ultimately seek out relationships that are healthy Mm -hmm. because they'll see me as a good dad and they'll see you as a good mom but they won't see us be good spouses you have to continue to be first in my life and i want to continue to be first in yours because that's the only way we will be able to build a family unit that's powerful enough to spread that that image and to spread that that word outwardly as a wife and a mom i feel like there's so much discussion after you have children mm-hmm. about, oh, I have to find myself again and I have to find myself again and I need to be who I am again. But there's very little conversation about finding who you, who you, finding who you are or who you can be after motherhood for mm-hmm. your spouse again. I you know what I mean? You know what I mean? There's this, the get, like being the best mom, being the best mom and, and all that. But a lot of the focus shifts once you have children to the children for the mom, particularly. Absolutely. Not to take anything away from fathers who are providing and who no, are active. I, I get but, it, yeah. You but know, yeah. there's a certain, there's a level connection. of there's connection, a connection when you yeah, I get have it. a child and 
there's a lot of focus on like being that first time mom and, and everyone checking in on the mom and making sure she's making sure that she gets herself back. And then there's also a bit of like, she deserves to get herself back for herself. Yes. Mm -hmm. But a lot of myself getting back was for you. Like I wanted mm -hmm. you to have your wife back. I wanted you to have Kadeen back, the person who you initially fell in love with before we had children. Right. So if anything, I feel like in this next 10 years, I am going to make a conscious effort, like you said, to be that number one for you because I feel like if we're both each other's number one, then it's only, it's going to be that much healthier of a situation for our boys. That's I mean that's that actually ties back into what we talked about before. When you're getting, you know, God gives you or the universe whoever you believe in they give you enough and in abundance so that you can share and pay it forward, mm -hmm. right? So imagine if me as a husband is giving a lot to my wife. Mm -hmm. All of the abundance you have, you could give to me and give to the kids. And if we're constantly pouring into each other, mm. we can always have abundance to pour into the kids. Cup running but if, over. Exactly. If we're taking all of this <laughs> yeah. and we're constantly pouring into the kids, mm -hmm. and the kids are not going to be pouring back into us. Right. You know what I'm saying? They and they to. shouldn't have to. They're kids. I mean, They're they growing. do kind of indirectly because we we enjoy no, seeing indirectly, them happy. Indirectly, they do, but yeah, it's different it's when different. someone is directly pouring into you mm -hmm. and you're pouring into them. So now God is pouring into me. My wife is pouring into me. Of course, I'm going to have enough to pour into my kids and my wife mm -hmm. as opposed to God pouring into me and I'm pouring into my kids and then whatever's left over my wife gets. Right. That's how you get that fracture in a relationship. Mm -hmm. you know. And I, I'll be the first to admit that there were points... When, you know, you became a mom where I was just like, damn, I really don't matter anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, after Jackson, it was both of our first. We were both like, yeah, we adored Jackson. Like we were both like honed in 100% on right. him. I didn't feel it that much after him. Mm -hmm. When Cairo came, it was a five year difference, mm -hmm. you know, after uh, Jackson. So I felt like we were both like, how do we do this all over again? Right. But then when it was Cairo and Kaz and then yeah. Jackson was like, yo, I'm still here. Mm -hmm. There were points where I was just like. I'm never going to get my wife back until they graduate. Absolutely, and it felt graduate. impossible for me to be able to divide myself into right. four. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It was virtually impossible, but I feel like I'm I'm in a space now where I'm like, all right, got my mojo back, Kaz is three, and, you know, we're definitely mentally in a different But space. it almost sounds selfish because we've been so conditioned to hear, my kids are going to come first. Mm -hmm. It sounds selfish to say, well, my wife's always going to come first. Mm -hmm. uh, for, well, for me as a husband, I was always con like conditioned that way. Mm -hmm. My father told me that. Mm -hmm. It was just like, you take care of your wife, your wife going to take care of them kids. And my mm -hmm. father would tell me like, well, you, ain't, you may get what's left over. Right. But I've never really heard a woman say, my wife, my, my husband comes first and then the kids. And the funny thing is when I do see women say that online, mm -hmm. other women be bashing that woman mm. like i've seen women in comments make stuff about like i don't you know i don't care what y'all women say my husband is how these kids got here he's always going to come first and i've seen other women like your kids and asked to be here and da, da, da. but then when mm -hmm. you think about it that's probably why her marriage and her relationship is so strong mm -hmm. because she puts her husband first right and he has the energy to put into her and the kids and he yeah. puts his wife first so mm -hmm. That's a great revelation there about constantly putting your spouse first, even when you have kids. Right. I think that that's like yeah. key. Like that's, mm -hmm. that's key. I like that. Some I things that too. we're going to leave behind. What are we going to leave behind? Um, One thing I'm going to leave behind. Wow. I didn't even really give much, much thought into this. I think we can leave behind, um, you know, selfishness. 
that's something that is no longer an equation or in the equation factors into the equation. Um, leaving behind for me, I know I'm like my way of doing things sometimes is not uh, necessarily see. the right way of doing things per se. And for a long time, I was like, well, well, this I did it though. Like I did it and I, I did it my way and it happened. And I don't, I didn't realize how that in turn may kind of stress you out or it leaves you to then feel like you're waiting on me to execute something and just because I'm doing it my way doesn't necessarily mean it's right or doesn't mean that it's not causing you frustration right, because right. it may be a collective thing that we're trying to do maybe just even from like a business standpoint right. you know I have to respect the fact that you know just because I do it my way I can't be sensitive to the fact that this is the way you do the same the same thing right you know does that make sense it makes sense yeah I've I've legitimately figured it out I'm going to leave behind projecting what I think your your purpose is in life mm-hmm. and let you do it on your own because mm-hmm. i feel like these first 10 years mm-hmm. i spent a lot of time saying okay you know you'll be do, do it good at this okay you know you'll be great at doing this okay mm-hmm. you need to do it this way if you want to be successful doing this i'm gonna leave that in 2020 from 2010 to 20 i'm gonna leave all that behind and say you know what okay you figure out what it is you want to do and i'm gonna support it no matter what mm-hmm. because that'll that'll relieve me of some stress and anxiety of not watching you do things the way I want to do it. Plus, it'll also allow you the creative space to figure out Mm -hmm. what your purpose is because I kept saying to myself, I know what my wife's purpose is. Mm -hmm. I know what she wants to be and what she wants to do. And when you weren't doing those things, it was disappointing. And I think those disappointments led to resentment, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, for for both of us. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to leave that behind. I think it'll help me in turn too because it'll help me as I try to, you know, battle my, as I have been, the the areas that I procrastinate in and don't mm -hmm. get things done. I feel like if I... You know, you, it's kind of the onus is off of you if yeah. things don't get done to be yeah. like, okay, I'm here for you if you need me. However, do your thing, sis. <laughs> you know, and it's going to be up to me to do my thing. And if I don't, then I will have to take the onus and say, you know what, or or accept that something may not have gotten so done up. or it did get done and I can celebrate that. So like I'm going to put out there I like that, that I will get the things done that I was procrastinating on as I've been trying to work on it. And you know, I have been trying to work on it. You have, you have been so, working on it. So, so yeah. but you know what? This is this is good, and ultimately, I think it's good for people to understand why we love to do dead ass podcasts. Speaking out loud allows you to work through things. Mm-hmm. This is our form of therapy. You know, mm-hmm. we don't have a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, we've learned each other through therapy, through the podcast. So, mm-hmm. listening to each other speak and 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 think out loud. Um, I've learned a lot. Um, let's take a quick break. You know, yeah. Let's pay some bills, get to these ads, and come back and do some listener letters. But I I have learned through this process of listening to you now some more things about us that we can share in another episode but i definitely have like put some some little tabs there and say you know what that would be a dope <laughs> podcast i'm gonna tell you when we get back from all right from sounds lessons. good all right this show is sponsored by better help listen y'all losing two loved ones in a matter of six months It can be a lot. And a lot of times when you're dealing with grief, you have a lot to get off your chest with your family. That's absolutely right. You know, people carry around all different types of stresses, big and small. When you keep them bottled up, it can start to affect you negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to kind of figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com deadass today to get 10% off your first visit. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash deadass. Hey, what's good, y'all? I think it's important for you to understand why black representation in media is important. It's important because the media represents how people view us. And it's important that they understand that black people are not a monolithic people. That is a fact. And the next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truth. Black Stories, Black Truth is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Schmurder to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. And get this. Near, yes, Near, the OG that I used for years, has now leveled up. And they have these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell amazing. My personal favorite, coconut oil and vitamin E because it's gentle on my skin. And down to the body cream, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, which is a modern take on indulgent and classic femininity. Okay? It works in as little as three minutes, no nicks, no cuts, and the smooth skin lasts days longer than shaving. Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all those nasty chemicals so you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. Have a me-time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. All right, now we're back after paying these bills. We're, we're back to Kadeen's favorite nosy time of the show where she gets the, the listening letters oh, from you now guys. It's, now it's time for me to get in y'all's business. I'm going to spark it off right now. <laughs> All right, go ahead. All right. First, I want to say I absolutely love you guys, your podcast, your videos, everything. My fiance and I have had a lot in common with you two. Uh, we have been together for 13 years in January. Congratulations. Since he was 17 and I was 15. Oh, wow. Woo. 
Uh, he asked me to marry him three years ago, shortly after we found that I was pregnant, and we now have a beautiful three-year-old daughter. Congratulations again. Since then, he has been having a lot of cold feet. He knows that I value marriage, and I am so ready to be married. I mean, hell, I pretty much spent half my life with him. We started out being best friends, so the love is great, the parenting is great, the sex is amazing. Money could be better, but I know that will come as we grow. Um, our one problem that bothers us, mostly him, is our communication isn't always up to par. You get into the monotony of life and sometimes we aren't talking about laughing like, oh, we're talking about laughing like we used to. I know this scares him about getting married and not wanting to be bored. The, the vulnerability is there, just not the fun conversation all the time. So my question is, how can we keep our communication going and great? So my, my first question when I read this is like, are you guys making time for yourselves too to do the things that you did when you were dating and you first got together? You know, I know sometimes when you throw a child into the relationship and she's three now, those three years yeah. might have been the test for him to be like, oh, I don't know, because things are very different when children become involved. Absolutely different. Absolutely different. So back to what we just said towards the end of the meat of the show, um, making sure that we're putting each other first yes. so are you putting him first and is he putting you first yes that would probably be a good place to start um to make sure that you guys are on the same page with that and that you're pouring into each other because it could be a thing where you, you're in mommy and daddy mode now and you've kind of lost sight of what it was like to be yeah fiancés I, I, honestly i would i would say that's exactly what it is things things seem to get stale in a relationship when you lose sight of what the the focal point should be. Mm -hmm. You know, you two are life partners. You know what I'm saying? You two should focus on each other and everything that comes after that should be secondary. It sounds crazy because we've heard the opposite. My kids are always going to come first. Your spouse has to come first. Mm -hmm. When you have a child, automatically your first instinct as a parent is to put the child first. Mm -hmm. But realistically, you can't even be the best version of yourself if you're not fulfilled within your relationship. Yep. So I think you two should take some time um, recoup, regroup, and say, you know what? I'm gonna go back to dating my my fiance. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go back to making sure that he knows that he's number one, and he should go back to making sure that you're number one instead of both of you running to the child mm -hmm. all the time. And that doesn't mean you neglect your children. That's not what we're saying because you know there'll always be some extremists and be like, they be neglecting their kids. No, <laughs> what we're saying is that if you pour into each other, you'll have enough energy for everyone. So. That's true. Actually, number eight on Nadine's list was regular date nights are a must, but trips yes. together are amazing. So depending on what you guys um, have, if you have resources to be able to make sure those date nights happen, yes. um, you need to break up that monotony because let me tell you, after having kids, it's like bottles and diapers and changing and here and there. The monotony is what I think also was a detriment to us too, falling into this pattern Absolutely. of this day in, day out, ships passing in the night. Like, you know, the main conversation we were having is like, well, where are you at today? What what client do you have? All right, I'm busy at this time. Okay, who's picking up Jackson? Okay, da da da. You Yo. got pampers? Da da da. You know, it was just like, it was just so, so mundane. You know why? Because fun comes from new experiences. Yeah. No, no, and nothing you do, no matter how fun it is, if you do it over and over and over again, remains fun. Mm -hmm. It starts to lose its, it's luster. luster yeah. You need new experiences. So oftentimes when, relation, when relationships become marriages and they become parents, mm -hmm. um, you stop doing new things and experiencing new things because your whole life revolves around the kids or yeah. work. Mm -hmm. What you have to continue to do is travel and experience new things because that is going to make things fun. It'll mm -hmm. give you that that 
monotonous conversation will disappear mm-hmm. if you've gone to a new place because right. now you can talk about talk a new about experience new. Yeah. you know what i'm saying so, so make sure question, you do that yeah the question being how can we keep our communication going and great it's that making yes. time for each other making time for new making experiences time for each other yeah love that all right Let's good go luck y'all two. you want number me number two, two you want me to do it um okay, i'll read it Mm-hmm. My girlfriend and I will be celebrating one year anniversary, our one year anniversary in December 2020. In the short amount of time together, we have discussed marriage, kids, and spending the rest of our lives together. We're so in love with each other that I know I'm proposing to her within the next year. With That's that being up. said, Congrats. yeah, we'll be moving in together come summer 2021. This will be the first time that either of us have lived with a significant other. We're both the oldest children in our families, so both of so us are, have. So are we. <laughs> both of us have the same quirks and particular vibes that come along with being the oldest child aka that oldest child stubbornness absolutely we feel you on that any advice and tips for us as we get ready to make this huge step moving in together and working towards marriage oh you guys this This is is hopefully they've been listening to this whole episode because yeah i feel like there's a lot of advice we gave you a bunch of uh, advice but one thing we have learned and we talked about this on the sex episode is creating new experiences make life exciting Mm -hmm. period Mm -hmm. like just do not get caught up in the mundane you know i'm married now gotta go to work and come home right i gotta have kids gotta go work home no find time to go on vacation go on staycations within your city kadeen and i had some of the best sex in our lives being in brooklyn and then staying at a hotel Mm-hmm. in brooklyn because it was just a different experience than what we were doing yeah hotel like, tonight you get you a little deal on a little get you a spot. little deal you know right, what i'm don't saying be expensive you know nope. what i mean <laughs> have, have have some nice amazing sex go go see a, um go to a theater mm-hmm. go go see a play go do something different and then the conversations that come from those experiences yeah remain fresh because kadeen and i have sat down and had hour long hours and hours of a long conversation about what we want to do and what we've been inspired to do mm-hmm. based on the things that we've ex- experienced yeah so continue to date each other throughout yeah. the process don't don't stop and it sounds cliche but it's really not cliche. You no. do something great together. And you Even talk a couple about of things on um, Nadine's list here that I had also pegged that were important. Agree on the foundation of your marriage or your relationship. So going into this marriage, going mm-hmm. into this relationship, going into living together, what are the most things that are important for you as the building blocks or what are going to be the building blocks that have gotten you to this point and that will then be the building blocks for your marriage? That's important conversation to have. Um, also, too, just know annoying habits may not go away. That was number 10 on her list. So Mm -hmm. as you move in with somebody, now there's certain things that you've done living in your space and certain things that she's done living in her space that now you guys are going to be doing together. It's going to be annoying together. Deval leaving his pile of clothes in the corner of the room when everything else is put away. It's going to be a thing that, you know, you may just have to get used to. Exactly. Or my just countertop like, being crazy with yeah. makeup and everything on it. Kadena clean everything but leave the whole countertop dirty. Yeah, She'll sweep exactly. up piles of dirt into the corner and leave it there Absolutely. for weeks at a time. That's it. It's you never going to stop no matter how many times you say it. That's it. It's just habits and little things <laughs> like Deval's feet being um, squeaky all over the floor because his feet are clammy all the time. I can't change Like that. there's just little things that you're just going to have you to know, get used little to. Little things like Kadeen like farting <laughs> in her sleep. Like little things like I that. I do not do it in my sleep. You don't know because you be sleep. <laughs> you be sleep. Like little things like that don't hey, disappear. Happens, you know what I'm saying? Happens. Do you know, know just, what I mean? So just be be prepared for little things like that. <laughs> little little quirks that each other may have. Um, and in turn, you find a way to laugh about it over the years yes. for sure. So good luck to y'all. I think y'all are on the right track. And, and 
I'm happy to see that you guys are having the discussions about where you want your life to go. Absolutely. And if you'd like to be featured as one of our listener letters, email us at deadassadvice at gmail.com. Oh, you flipped it this time. That's D-E-A-D-A-S-S-A-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com. Look, look who can spell, can spell out loud. A ah! bitch can spell. What's your moment of truth for today? Oh, we were so many moments of truths. I feel like I could pull from this. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess going into this next 10 years and on, because I'm not going to cap us at 20, um, but I feel like I am finally in a space where I am aware of who I am, though I embrace the change that will come in the next few years because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to be the same person in 10 years that I am now. I want to know that I've grown and mm-hmm. that I've, I've been able to contribute more and I've been able to do more for myself and for my family and for others. So I feel like if I'm doing that with you as my number one, my day one, mm-hmm. the one who I'm pouring the most into um, that will only leave for an abundance mm-hmm. that we can then give to others like we've continued to do. So I like that. Yeah. Like that that kind of uh, spills into my moment of truth. Very simple moment of truth. Moment of truth for DeVal Ellis. I fucking love being married. I love it. I just, I just love the lifestyle choice of being married. That was number one for me is that I just wanted to be married. So mm-hmm. being able to figure out how to be happy within my marriage is just amazing for me i love it it's uh it's been a good 10 years i'm excited for the next 10 years and i'm just excited to keep you number one like i am i feel good about knowing that it's important for me to to keep you as the prime focus of this family unit don't matter how much the kids need how much they want where they are in life you have to be number one and that's my moment of truth i love being married it's fucking amazing and i love my wife and you number one i love you too all right. All right, bro. All right. Be sure to find us on social <laughs> media at Deadass the Podcast. Absolutely. And you know where to find me by now, I hope. Kadeen, I am. And I am Deval. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe, baby. Do it. Do it. Do Deadass. it. Deadass. Deadass is a production of iHeartMedia Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at Deadass the Podcast and never miss a thing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are, and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. One at Flatiron Plaza in New York City and one at Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's a perfect time to try, like, and share black-led products. It's free for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it.
Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.